0: Nothing says MAGA like this weekend's New York City Young Republicans event featuring Marjorie Taylor Greene giving a speech about leading an armed insurrection with Steve Bannon and thereafter also discussing sex toys at department stores. What the heck is going on, Brett? Judge Eileen Cannon officially dismissed herself from the case brought by Donald Trump, trying to cover up his theft of thousands of government records and top secret records. She dismissed it for lack of jurisdiction after getting absolutely slammed by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Special Counsel Jack Smith, he's busy, he's hard at work, uh, just subpoenaed Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, for the DC federal grand jury investigating Trump's 2020 election interference crimes. And this is signaling that I think we are moving closer to an indictment. Looks like Jack Smith just dotting his eyes and crossing his T's. And right-wing Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was spotted partying at the Christmas party held at the home of Matt Schlapp. Now, who's Matt Schlapp? None other than the chairman of CPAC. And who else was partying with Kavanaugh and Schlapp? Accused sex trafficker Matt Gates, neo-Nazi Sebastian Gorka, uh, propagandist Sean Spicer, MAGA extremist Stephen Miller, and Blackwater's Eric Prince. That's what a crew. the crew that was out there, that's the crew. These right-wing Supreme Court justices aren't even pretending to care about ethics anymore. And Dominion's $1.6 billion, with a B, lawsuit against Fox is eating up. With Rupert Murdoch set to be deposed this week, and with Dominion seeking massive sanctions against Fox for spoliating or destroying emails and other messages of critical witnesses, like Sean Hannity and others. Kristen Sinema announced that she will stop pretending to be a Democrat and will now officially be a special interest hack. So pathetic. And this just in, (laughs) 2,319 text messages from Mark Meadows were obtained by Talking Points memo, and most have now been made public for the first time. Let's discuss what these messages say some blockbuster stuff in these messages. And Elon Musk is booed in San Francisco at a Dave Chappelle show after spreading disinformation almost on an hourly basis at this point and threatening Dr. Fauci and others on Twitter. It's really beyond the pale and just so so disgusting, but we will talk about it here on the Midas touch podcast. I'm Ben Mycelis joined by Brett Mycelis. Geordi Micellis is on his never-ending honeymoon, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think even the viewers are wising up to this and are being like, come on, he's
1: he's still away. But I know what the viewers and listeners are also uh, really concerned about, aside from missing Jordy, and we all miss Jordy very much, they're concerned about you, Ben. How are you feeling? I know you've been sick these last
0: few days. You get a case of the woke mind virus, or, or what's going on over there? It was definitely the woke mind virus, which then, <laughs> the, the woke mind virus, it starts there, with. With all the wokeness and then, it kind of, and then it becomes upper respiratory and ah. then before you and then before you know it you know you start coughing and you're up late at night it's just it's just what wokeness will do to you but no in all seriousness i think <laughs> i'm doing better i mean if you watch some of those videos i've been, i've been making recently look <laughs> pretty brutal um, but, you know, we're, we're powering through it. I feel good enough to uh, to do the show. And I want to thank all the Midas Mighty out there for your outpouring of support. I, I appreciate I, I can't it. even tell you, Ben, how many emails we've also gotten with homemade remedies for you,
1: various drinks and teas. I, I've been and making them. They're, I've they're been you, following the remedies. There you go. Well, I'm, I'm happy you seem to be on the mend. Don't push yourself too hard. But you know what? We got a lot of news to cover. So why don't we get right on into it?
0: So this New York City Young Republicans event and the New York City Young Republicans before Trump, it was a relatively kind of moderate group of Republicans. And, you know, they were you know, people who were trust fund kids and they would pretend that, you know, that they were the scions of business and it was kind of clownish and and silly. But that's who the New York City young Republicans were. Now it's just the full fledged fascist, full fledged fascist movement, because like that's just who the Republican Party is. And this event like just typified it to a T. So, in attendance at this event, you had like white nationalists, like Peter and Lydia Brimlow of the far right white supremacist website V Dare. You start like learning all about these things when these events are, and like there's <laughs> some things that you don't want to learn about. You know, I'm like, oh, really? This exists 4chan, 8 chan, v dare. You know, they live in these <laughs> echo chambers. But it's the thing we'll talk about later on the pod is that, you know, when Elon Musk actually goes in front of a crowd of people and he's surprised that he's getting booed, it's because you're saying really hateful and disgusting stuff that impacts Americans who are too busy to be going to these cult rallies, we're too busy to be dealing with you in your ridiculous echo chamber. Like, Americans are out there and they care about jobs, they care about healthcare, they care about education, they care about their freedoms, a woman's freedom over her body. We care about being able to marry who you wanna marry without the government saying, you can't marry that person because that's LGBTQ plus. How dare you marry that? Or that's too woke or this or that. Like Americans just wanna go on with their life and have hobbies and spend time with their family and not deal with any of this right wing MAGA fascism. So when they step into the real world out of these echo chambers, they get booed and they lose elections. And they're like, how did we lose this election? It's because Americans hate you. And Americans hate you not arbitrarily. It's because you're doing things to kill Americans. You're affirmatively harming Americans. And look, you look at this event too and types of things they're talking about. Also in attendance, you have the white supremacist and Pizzagate peddler. Jack, who do you pronounce his last name, Brett Posobiec?
1: Posobiec, and it took me a really long time to figure that out, yeah.
0: (laughs) You got Bannon, you got Trump Jr., you got Marjorie Taylor Greene, you got the far-right opinion editor of Newsweek, Josh Hammer, and others, and you got the incoming GOP House Republicans in attendance as well, because that's kind of like what you got to do now. This is part of like the uh, pledging ritual. You got to like pledge your extremists by going – to these events and supporting insurrections. But like we saw that there was a headline that came out and I was like, I I need this video to emerge too, because I knew the video was going to be more powerful than just the headline because it was reported that she had said something about um, if Bannon and I were involved in the insurrection, we would have won because we would have been armed and we would have made sure that we won. And then I saw the video. This is this is not just disqualifying. Everything she says is disqualifying. Like the very statement itself, it's just how low the Republicans have fallen that this is just to be expected of who they are. But play this clip, Brett, because it's like she's the leader of the Republican Party, right? Like Kevin McCarthy takes his orders. From her, she's not a fringe character in the Republican Party. These are fringe characters in America, but these people run the Republican Party now. That's who they are. Here, play this clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene at the New York City Young Republicans event. I come to
2: Washington. I swear in on January 3rd, I get accused of giving insurrection tours, which I thought was hilarious because I couldn't even find the bathroom in the Capitol. True story. Then January 6th happens, and next thing you know, I organized the whole thing along with Steve Bannon here. And i want to tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I had organized that, we would have won. Whoa. Not to mention, it would have been armed. Wow.
0: again spreading more conspiracies and disinformation about these armed violent insurrectionists who attacked uh killed one police officer um attacked and and nearly killed a number of other police officers caused officer fanon for example to have a heart attack and she's and she's talking about it that she would have made sure that everybody is armed. And just the whole routine there, Brett, of like her on stage like that, in the gala in that way, talking in those terms. It, 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 everything about it is so dystopian. What's your take?
1: No, it's, it's so dystopian, and also it's gaslighting because, first off, she and Bannon were very much involved in January 6th, and also it was an armed insurrection. There were a lot of guns, and we've also seen through these court cases in which people have been found guilty, people have been convicted for seditious conspiracy against the United States. We've had testimony about these armed caches at hotels nearby and how people were armed, and we heard in the January 6th hearings how Trump wanted nobody to even have to go through the Metal detectors to get into the area because he said they're not they're they're my people they're not going to hurt me they're not going to hurt me this entire thing is just a bunch of gaslighting multiple people died and let's really break down what Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying here she is saying that she would happily execute police officers and politicians in order to overthrow the government of the United States of America I mean we got to be clear about what she's actually saying here and it goes along with this whole QAnon notion of the storm is coming, which just means basically Trump is going to return to power. We're going to execute all the politicians. We're going to execute every and anybody on live TV who gets in our way, and we are going to reinstall Donald Trump as dictator. That's the storm that's coming, and that's kind of what Marjorie Taylor Greene is referencing there, and in, in, in what she's saying. And then, of course, you know, she gets blowback for her statements, and you know, uh, thankfully, you know, Patriot takes actually found the tape, and Patriot takes put it up. They do such great research, such great work, and that video was going around. Like crazy, and the White House, uh, you know, released a statement about it. Um, and Marjorie Taylor Green goes, I was being sarcastic. It was it was sarcasm. It, I was what the White House doesn't understand sarcasm these days. This is her part of her exact statement. She said, The White House needs to learn how sarcasm works. My comments were making fun of Joe Biden and the Democrats who have continuously made me a political target since January 6th. She may have been joking around in the beginning of that clip when she goes, Oh, and it's all my My fault for January 6th. But when she turns and she says, if it were me, it would have been successful and we would have been armed and we would have won. There's no joke there. There is zero joke there. Once again, such a Trumpian move of being like, oh, it was just a joke, man. It was just a joke. I was just kidding around. And it's really just absolutely disgraceful. And she has all this, this victim complex that just runs rampant in the Republican party, oh, woe is me. They're targeting me. They're twisting my words. They're taking me out of context. No, you are saying despicable things. You are doing absolutely despicable things. And I also want to parse her words just a little bit more too. When she says we would have won on January 6th, let's think about that for a second, because I think that is important. Who is the we in that scenario? Marjorie there is putting herself on the side of the terrorists who tried to overthrow our government and saying that she wished they succeeded in overthrowing the United States government. So there you have it, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And it just got weirder and weirder from there. She- and
0: Brett, before you talk about Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene talking about sex toys at CVS, and, and <laughs> before, be, before you go there, what I do want to say, though, too, is this follows the pattern that we've talked about on this on the Midas Touch Network and on our podcast, where they are so weak, they don't even stand behind what it is that they say. Right. And it's like they go out there, they make the statement, and then they lie about it and go, I never said that. Why are you coming after me? I was just being sarcastic about it. This was a joke. I, I would never do such a thing. And it's like it's just one of the other aspects about them that I think is so pathetic is just how cowardly they are, you know, when and, you know, you see it with with all of them. But like Donald Trump, you know, OK, you, you this is how you feel. Well, why don't you have your deposition taken and you could go talk about how you feel? You want to show up before the January 6th committee and talk and and speak to them and say how you feel you have an opportunity to show up oh you don't want to do that marjorie taylor green every time she makes one of these comments she goes oh now they're attacking me my life's on the line everyone's that, that's part of what she said in the statement too she goes i get death threats all the time it's like what we're confronting is the fact that you as a and this is ridiculous to say as a leader of a major political party just gave a speech talking about armed insurrection with an individual Steve Bannon who was just held guilty of contempt in a federal prosecution in Washington DC and Brett do we have her text messages also just pull up some of the Marjorie Taylor Greene text messages how about the one where she texts where she uh, with her and Kelly Leffler um where she says to uh Kelly Leffler hey Hi, Kelly. I've organized a meeting with President Trump, his legal team and members of Electoral College votes for Joe Biden in several key states on January 6th. It's tomorrow at two o'clock. Can you come to the White House? It's an informational meeting and planning session. She sends that on December 20th of 20 uh, 20 and then her message on January 17th of 2021. Um, and she goes in our private chat with only members, several are saying the only way to save our Republic is for Trump to call for martial law. I don't know on those things. I just wanted you to tell him this is to Mark Meadows. They stole this election. We all know they will destroy our country next. Please tell him to declassify as much as possible so we can go after Biden and anyone else. Like this is just it's just madness. Martial law. She's at the planning session. Also,
1: it's completely misspelled, too. She spells it like the name Marshall and not like martial law, which I noticed also in the trove of Mark Meadows' text messages that released today, one of the other Republicans who was asking them to declare martial law also misspelled it by the name of the person. But these were the serious thoughts of Republicans, not just at the time, but currently. They want a way to overthrow the government of the United States of America. And that's not normal. That's not okay. And you know, I think in that beginning, that first text with Leffler when she's talking about that planning session, I believe this is the footage in the aftermath of that planning session of Marjorie Taylor Greene, leaving it and speaking about January 6th. And I'll play this clip briefly.
2: Just finished with our meetings here at the White House this afternoon. We had had a great planning session for our January 6th objection. We aren't going to let this election be stolen by Joe Biden and the Democrats. President Trump won by a landslide. Call your house reps. Call your senators from your states. We've got to make sure they're on board and we already have a lot of people engaged. Okay, stay tuned.
0: These people are the worst, man. They're the absolute, absolute worst. All right, Brett, I'm sorry I interrupted. Now tell us about what she talked about with CVS and sex toys.
1: Yeah, that, I was about to go on this big butt plug and dildo Marjorie Taylor Green rant, and you just stopped me abruptly. And I don't think I could ever forgive oh, you for that, man. But uh, I'll forgive you just because you're sick. And and I know that. But, uh, you know, I I want to emphasize right now that once again, Marjorie Taylor Greene is speaking in front of the young Republicans. It's not even like she's speaking for a group of just any day Republicans. This is supposedly the young Republicans. And she decides to, I don't know, not only bring up fomenting a violent insurrection against the United States of America, but she goes on this bizarre and unhinged rant about blood butt plugs and dildos saying, by the way, you know, you can pick them up at Target and CVS nowadays. This country is just going to hell. And I I know it's unbelievable. Let me play the clip. By
2: the way, you can pick up a butt plug or a
0: dildo at
2: Target and CVS nowadays.
1: I don't even know how we got here. Yeah. And first, and also you hear the one person in the crowd also when she says, I don't know how we got here. And the person at the end screams out gay marriage. Like these people are just the most despicable people who really cannot tolerate anybody else having the same rights as them. It's really, really, frankly, absolutely disgusting. And Miss Morality over here on her high horse, let's not forget that this is the same woman who reportedly cheated on her husband with a, quote, this is true, tantric sex guru and... Additionally, a manager of the fitness gym that she attended, and she is now, and her her divorce has not went through yet, although her husband has filed for divorce, I believe she's now dating like one of the OAN hosts while she is married or separated or whatever. I mean, this woman is the worst example for children on the planet. It is, she is absolutely a disgrace. She is a vile human. And why is she talking about violent insurrections and butt plugs and dildos in front of the young Republicans? For people who like to call, would throw the word groomer out a lot, it sure seems like there's some grooming going on at the New York City Young Republicans event.
0: It wasn't like she was asked the question.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, it was totally like, you know, it was like we were speaking about Herschel Walker uh, the other day before the election when Herschel Walker decided to take it upon himself to be like, yeah, you know, like you ever get that feeling when you go into a movie theater to see a kid's movie and you feel like a total creep because you're in there with all the little kids? And
0: we're like, no. And no one asked. <laughs> no, yeah. I've never felt you that. You know, it's also like, all right, <laughs> can we talk about vampires and werewolves here as well? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that you in this speech, you can talk about any issue you want to talk about. <laughs> and what you're bringing up is sex toys at department stores and that that is bothering you. You know – I told you Brett that I had read that article about Marjorie Taylor Greene's origin story and Atlantic, right? yeah. it was so interesting and shed a, a lot of light. Was that from The Atlantic? Who was I, uh, so. I think it was an that, Atlantic that's article? What I didn't realize was that she's wealthy. You know, she comes from a wealthy background. Her father started like a real estate development business and she went to I believe University of Georgia and she met her husband who she's now divorced with and the husband took over her dad's business and he was the one who ran the business and and kind of kept it going and and she really didn't do anything with the business and then she because she had this these kind of vast resources took that and then you know kind of launched these like radical right-wing extremist attacks with all of the resources that she had. But I had never realized that background, but it also puts it into perspective too, that her husband or, or former, soon to be former husband was the one who actually took over the family business from her dad. Um And this is yeah, all of the things people. that she does to him while she wants to like lecture people on the sanctity of marriage. But Brett, as she's also talking about sex toys at cvs what was the big issue on the right-wing network newsmax today they were like they're just following that fox playbook like to a t like let's pick the issue the way okay is it green m&m day is it cvs sex toy day are we going dr seuss are we going are we going disney too woke oh just wait are we going Mr. Potato Head? It's like Americans don't give a shit about any of these things. And and this is this is their policy. This is what the right wing cares about. You know, they they get infuriated <laughs> by pronouns. How dare you? How dare you throw your pronouns at me? What are you talking about? How dare you? How dare we throw our pronouns on you? That's what you're that's what you're angry about? Like they're literally, but that's these are the issues that they care about. But this is what Newsmax talked about. Newsmax was really, really focused on the fact. Well. Let's just play the clip. I, I don't want to then, then just ruin it, but I'll let everybody watch it for themselves. Then let's comment on it.
3: Play the clip. So you want people to stop buying American girls and all the, all the stuff, the accessories, that you can buy as well. I, I, how long has this been going on with American girls? I, I took my six-year-old to the store in Rockefeller Center, like the American mm. girl experience. And you know, typically, girls that are into American girls, they, they get a doll that looks like them, and you can get an outfit that you know, so you can match your, your doll. Um, we were in there and my daughter's just a cute little six-year-old white girl. We couldn't find any anybody that looked like my daughter. It was the whole place it was like wokeified. It was actually it was kind of a bizarre experience. How long has this been going on with American Girl?
2: Um, you know, I think it was I think it was in the early two thousands that they sort of changed their brand to, to girl empowerment. <laughs>
0: Okay. The funniest thing though, too, I I mean, it's disturbing. It's not funny, but their faces, you would think that they're actually talking about an issue that really matters. Like number one, they're lying about everything they're saying. Like um, the fact that American girl has uh, dolls that reflect the diversity of our country now in the world is a good thing. But here's the American girl website uh it, it clearly has white american girl dolls plenty of and, white dolls <laughs> and, and plenty of white dolls for your cute little six-year-old white girl uh, daughter i've I never heard anybody refer to their child like that i got a cute little six-year-old white girl <laughs> Have you heard anybody use that kind of language to describe but their this, own child <laughs> but this, the, the people on the panel are such fools like they're like you just play it one more just Play part of it. Just like (laughs) I want to show our audience their faces because they're treating this like this is the biggest issue. They're like, just play, play part of it one more time and look at, look at the faces of the panel. Like this is the biggest issue that's confronted them today.
3: So you want people to stop buying American girls and all the all the stuff, the accessories that you can buy as well. I, I how long has this been going on with American okay. girls? Okay, I, I took my six-year-old to can, the store in Rockefeller Center, man. like the American yeah. Girl experience. Wait, wait, and, wait. You know, typically girls that are into American girls, they they get a doll that looks like them, and you can get an outfit that you know, so you can match your your doll. Wait, um, wait for it. Wait, we for, it, wait, wait there, for it. We were in there, and my daughter's just a for it. cute little six-year-old white girl. We
1: couldn't, <laughs> You, 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 you. My, my daughter. She's like a cute little six year old white girl.
0: Who talks Yo, like these people are literally in Like der- der- <laughs> I need to find more. What deranged, insane, like disturbed. Like and, and that's what they talked about today. That's what they talked about today. They they weren't talking about healthcare they're not talking about student loans you know by the way the supreme court just took the other student loan case where a trump judge in uh in you're still loving that you're still loving the clip the uh that the trump judge blocked biden's student debt cancellation the supreme court agreed to take that case like we could talk about those issues things that actually impact americans we could talk about gas prices decreasing they sure love to talk about when gas prices Prices increase because the Republicans cut deals with the Saudis. Um, they, they sure love. They sure love bragging about selling American uh, interests to foreign countries, but. This is It is beyond beyond.
1: I'm just happy they. I'm just happy they moved away from testicle danning. I mean, that was a weird. That was a weird era. But I'm sure they'll be back in full force pretty soon. So Uh, uh, they
0: will absolutely be. (laughs) That they will absolutely. I I was gonna try to make some transition about Trump having no testicles or getting his testicles cut off by the Eleventh Circuit Court of Appeals. But I gotta work that transition a little (laughs) bit better. So I'll just throw out that that's where I was going. But we'll just say after the Eleventh. circuit court of appeals cut donald trump's testicles off um, and said that judge eileen cannon should never have asserted jurisdiction in the first place we've been saying here all along i would always get asked people they'd be like so how's this federal judge eileen cannon like why is she even involved in this case and i would be like "Ah, look i genuinely don't know because she has no right to be in the case equitable jurisdiction means that only in the most rare circumstances where the government engages in such a callous disregard for the rights of an American citizen, not merely unlawful, callous disregard is a higher standard than just being unlawful. So what the law says is where the government is so callous in breaking the law a federal judge can just jump in there, assert what's called equitable jurisdiction, and say, let's press pause for a second because the government's just gone rogue. And to be clear, there is zero precedent anywhere in the country ever for what Judge Eileen Cannon did to assert jurisdiction where there is not a finding that the government engaged in unlawful conduct, yet alone the higher standard of a callous disregard. So I like to believe that I did a very good job predicting what was going to happen next, but following the law, following case law. The one question was, though, is the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and the United States Supreme Court, are they going to pull a cannon? Are they just going to just throw all the laws away? Like, where will they draw the line? We'll talk about in a moment that you got Brett Kavanaugh at the CPAC party partying with Matt Gates and Sebastian Gorka and Sean Spicer and Stephen Miller. Yeah. So. Like they're a pretty screwed up right-wing extremist court, but where do they draw the line? And this was pretty much one of the areas where they drew the line and the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals drew the line that Judge Eileen Cannon should not have asserted herself in this case. And so, of course, on December 1, we got the order from the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Trump did not appeal. So the mandate issued, meaning the transmittal of the order from the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals to Judge Cannon directing her to dismiss the case. Let's pull up Judge Cannon's dismissal order where she dismisses herself from the case. This cause <laughs> comes before the court following the 11th Circuit's opinion vacating the court September 5th, 2022 order and instructing the court to dismiss the underlying civil action in that case. Pursuant to that opinion and the associated mandate, it is hereby ordered and adjudged that this case is dismissed for lack of jurisdiction done and ordered. Says some other stuff, but uh, I'll leave it there. Um, Great job, Cam.
1: Great job. Great job. Goodbye. Bye bye. See you later. Was it worth it? Ridiculous to do all that, and then to just make a fool out of yourself by dismissing yourself after you were smacked down by the <laughs> Eleventh yeah. Circuit. Just the whole thing is so ridiculous. What a complete and total waste of time. What a complete and total hack. And this woman is just a total. Complete you know, it's so funny because I, rem- I,
0: I just I remember. When the search warrant was executed, I think we were coming back from Washington D.C., Brett, and we were on a plane when it was executed. And then I think we were at—I'm trying to remember—we were together when uh, over the summer at at some event where Judge Cannon. DC maybe. Yeah, but we we, we we were at an event uh, to oh, over the summer. Anyway, the, the event that we were at is irrelevant. But the point—the point that I'm trying to make though—is that I was just like, what. Like, what is she doing? You know, and then you dig deep into it and you're like, she's just making this up. Like, and not only is she making it up, like she's not doing a good job making it up. Her explanation was that Donald Trump's reputation would be harmed and that she wanted to protect his reputation. Like how pathetic of an of an explanation can you even give? To- <laughs> I, I, here's a funny side fact of the
1: show. I just got a text from Salty, who is one of our editors and producers here at the Midas Network, and he is confirming our own schedules for us. He's going you're at Jordy's wedding. <laughs> we forgot we forgot it was Jordy's wedding.
0: Thank you, Salty. We were at we were at Jordy's wedding. <laughs> I think we were coming back from the wedding. though. I don't think the day was was. I, I think we had went to DC afterwards. Uh, But any event, thank you, Salty, for uh, for confirming. (laughs) So goodbye, Judge Cannon. But as I was mentioning, though, Brett, maybe you want to talk about this uh, Brett Kavanaugh like he's out there. We know Brett Kavanaugh like during his uh, confirmation hearing talked about how he loves drinking beer. I mean, how embarrassing and pathetic can you be? We also know that Brett Kavanaugh had like a million dollars plus of a mortgage that was like just mysteriously paid off and like no one knows like how that happened we also know that um the fbi the trump fbi by the way when everyone talks about like the elon musk fbi doj bill barr uh christopher ray those are trump people I, I like the way Bill <laughs> Barr is a Democrat now. <laughs> yeah, no, like, no, like we don't like Bill Barr. Let's we don't be, like, we Bill don't Barr. like Bill Barr. He's corrupt Christopher AF. Ray, a Trump appointee. Christopher Ray's now a Democrat. Bill Barr's a Democrat. They're so rhinos that they're Democrats. They're part of uh, they're part of Biden's plan. Christopher yeah. Ray and Bill Barr wanted to help Biden, according to the right wing now. That's yeah, I knew there was a. Be- the, I, I
1: knew there was the deep state but damn I didn't know it went that deep there. Ben. All of but, the no. <laughs>
0: conduct in the stupid you know the, the Twitter files the dumbest thing I've ever even heard of in the world. All of their things Trump was the president at the time. Yeah, it was the Trump, Trump was literally
1: government. the president doing and they're like all like very basic obvious things they wrap up as like
0: revelations. Like so on it would January be like, 7th, the plot began. <laughs> That's what said.
1: Like, like. Oh, I wonder uh, I wonder, perhaps if maybe uh, there was maybe an event on January 6th that may have put the wheels in motion for the Twitter safety team, which has now been disassembled, by the way, and we'll get to that later in the show. Maybe they want to get together and see what to do about a government leader, a president of the United States, perhaps inciting an insurrection. Totally random meeting, I'm sure. Totally random meeting on the 7th. But ben, if we can, can we get back
0: to Brett Kavanaugh, booth? Things, sorry, Matt sorry. Gates. I'm taking you, Chris. I'm <laughs> taking you, I'm take, it's my upper respiratory. Just, distro- I'm taking you on a lot of journeys today. But get yeah. back to Kavanaugh. So while I can't confirm that squee was present, I can't, I can't confirm that there was
1: – I cannot confirm that there <laughs> no was squee. boofing going on. You like that poll? You like how I have squee in my mindset, how I just have squee on the tip of my tongue at any point? Squee. I can't confirm if squee was there. I cannot confirm, confirm or deny if there was a lot of boofing going on. <laughs> and do yourself a favor and Google the Urban Dictionary definition for boofing or don't if you're about to eat a meal or, or don't want to be disabled. Disgusted, but here's what i can confirm <laughs> happened <laughs> this show is off the rails tonight uh oh, spotted at matt and mercy slaps. Annual Christmas
0: party, as you said. The, the schlaps, people who
1: run CPAC. The people who run CPAC uh, sounds a bit, I, I don't know, ethically. We, we, we are all
0: domestic terrorists, CPAC? Yeah.
1: The the event with the we're all domestic terrorists, that was all the schlaps. The and schlaps. you got Justice Kavanaugh there. You got Matt Gates. You got Ginger Gates. You got Sean Spicer, Alex Acosta, Sebastian Gorka, Stephen Miller, Chad Wolf, Greta Van Susteren, and a whole host. I mean, Eric Prince, just like some of the world's worst people partying together. Disgusting. I I mean, I don't understand how you get away with this as a Supreme Court justice and then go on the bench and make rulings that directly involve these people a day later. I, I just can't even fathom ethically how this is allowed. I understand that the Supreme Court doesn't have to follow ethics rules. Seems like a big oversight to me. Seems like something that we should change probably because to me, this is just absolutely insane. How is this okay?
0: it's not okay it's absurd i can't even just tell you like how of, it's sad i was going to say offensive but like it's sad to me you know I, I going to georgetown law and you know being such a believer in the system right and studying the legal precedent and studying constitutional law and Having a view that being a Supreme Court justice is such a dignified position, and uh, you know to to now reflect on it and to feel just so kind of conned, and but 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 I guess the glass is half full part is that not conned by pro-democracy, not conned by Democrats, but just this whole movement of the federalist society, the whole movement of this right-wing extremism where they call themselves strict textualists, states' rights, strict constructionists, only when it benefits them, only when it benefits them. Like in the Second Amendment, let's read out all the other language other than the right to bear arms. Let's not even read the well-regulated militia part. They go, nah, that part doesn't matter. Yeah, we say every word has a meaning, but where it says well-regulated, sure, it's the only amendment that actually uses the word regulation in it and has the word militia. But we're not going to – let's just, just it. the arms part. Uh, It reminds me of the theme of the
1: show thus far, which has been is that these right wingers make something up and they claim to be the protectors of whatever it is. Right. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am Miss Morality, family, you know, freedom, da, 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 da. Everything she espouses goes directly against all that. Everything she espouses and does, all of her actions, she is an adulterer. She's cheated on her husband numerous times, reportedly. She is... A horrible person who tried to overthrow the United States of America. She wants the government to attack private companies because she disagrees with the decisions of those private companies. That's not freedom. That's not conservatism. That's not morality. None of that is. With Kavanaugh and these Supreme Court justices on the far right, they espouse that they are these constitutional constitutionalists. Could not be further from the truth. That is just a facade while they rip the constitution away, while they tear apart the foundation. And Don, Donald Trump, to his credit, is the only one who's really honest about any of this stuff, tweeting out, let's just destroy the Constitution. Let's terminate the Constitution. He's the only one who's actually willing to admit it, at least. But that's the ideology of all these people on the far right. They all want to terminate the Constitution. They all want to terminate all these rules in order to serve their own interests. That's what it's
0: all about. End of story. They go we are for states rights we state supreme courts state constitutions are sacred except when it comes to federal elections then only the state legislature is important. And let's come up with a theory. It's called the independent state legislature theory. And because the constitution has some provision about the state legislature set the time and manner of federal elections, what they really mean is that the state constitutions don't matter at all, nor do the state Supreme Courts matter at all. That's like what the right-wing belief is in putting forth this independent state legislator doctrine. Even though legislatures emanate from a state's constitution, the argument is that the state legislature is more powerful than the constitution, than that that then created it. I mean, they just make the stuff up. There is no coherent ideology other than an ideology of taking Americans back to a time where they feel that their privilege is protected that's what it comes down to i want to talk now though about some big developments in the dominion lawsuit the 1.6 billion with Billions. a b Defamation lawsuit brought by Dominion against Fox. Rupert Murdoch set to be deposed on Tuesday and Wednesday. They set two days for that uh, deposition. At this point, Dominion's deposed pretty much everybody in the Fox orbit the CEO, all of their, the Hannity's of the world, and the Janine Pirro's all of the world. And now you're going to get a 91 year old Rupert Murdoch who's going to go in there. Many people who are familiar with this say that Rupert Murdoch is basically going to pretend that he doesn't know anything and he's going to kind of do the act of like, I don't know, you know, I'm not really paying attention. My kids run it. A classic Rupert Murdoch move. Um, Lachlan Murdoch was deposed last week. Um, You had Hannity was already deposed as well. And Maria Bartiroma was already deposed. And, you know, one of the key pieces of evidence here, which if I've ever seen a smoking gun, it's this correspondence that Dominion was able to get in discovery by Fox CEO Suzanne Scott, who after the 2020 election, this is what she said. She said, quote, we can't give the crazies an inch. And that's such a damning statement from a legal perspective, because one of the things that Dominion will have to show in their defamation case against Fox, because it's an issue of public concern and Dominion's a public figure for purposes of this lawsuit, is that Fox acted with actual malice. So the fact that Fox would know that these individuals are crazies i mean you could have inferred that i don't think you need necessarily the this email but to have this in a message is so powerful but the fox the fact that fox says don't give the crazies an inch the ceo and not only do they give the crazies an inch they let the crazies take over the network dominion's gonna put that and post that right in front of the jury. And this $1.6 billion lawsuit, there are a number of other lawsuits filed as well by other individuals who Fox defamed. And this really does pose a serious threat to Fox. They could really be hit with a $1.6 billion verdict in this case. And so in addition to Rupert Murdoch uh, being deposed, one of the other developments is, is that Dominion filed a motion, uh, middle end of last week, for a uh, spoliation sanctions against Fox. In other words, arguing that Fox had deleted and destroyed uh, key emails intentionally and/or recklessly of people like Hannity and Suzanne Scott and other high-ranking executives. and yeah, forget three, the four.
1: Twitter files. I want to see the Fox files. Could you imagine what these correspondence of these Fox hosts and Fox executives are with each other, with Republican politicians, with the Trump campaign? They got to be some of the most damning messages that you could possibly see, showing complete coordination and proving, without a, beyond a shadow of a doubt, which we've already seen in the communications that were leaked in the January 6th investigation, that Fox acted as nothing more than a propaganda arm of the Republican party and of the Trump administration.
0: I mean, literally you had messages between Sean Hannity and Mark Meadows and Laura Ingram and Mark Meadows and all of this direct communication, literally telling the Trump administration what to do, how to act, I mean, staring you in the face right there. But apparently, a lot of these other messages and emails were destroyed by Fox. Now, spoliation sanctions could lead to what's called an adverse inference if the judge, in this case, the judge is being assisted by a special master. Remember, this case is actually filed in Delaware Superior Court. This is a Delaware state court court. Action. And so, if the court finds spoliation and instruction can be given to the jury, infer the worst. Infer the worst about why they deleted these messages. Make an adverse inference that they were trying to cover up and conceal their misconduct and so we will keep you updated here but brett let's talk about these text messages that surfaced 2319 text messages i know you've been on this story and you've been looking through some of these messages
1: yeah, I certainly have not. Full disclosure: I certainly have not looked through all two thousand three hundred nineteen of the text messages. But you haven't. You
0: told me before the pie that you looked at <laughs> every one, even though it was at least ten minutes. What a letdown!
1: I know, right? I know. I'm really letting I'm really letting it, the team it, down it, today. It's so, an
0: interesting dynamic without Jordy, because that would normally be where I'd make fun of Jordy with something like that. But you take it now. No, no, no. But you know, I, I want to
1: get to the 2319 text messages, and I also want to get to these Jack Smith updates raining down subpoenas on Trump world. But first, I want to talk quickly about Patreon. Hey, you know, this is one of the first unapologetically pro-democracy networks out there, but it's so much more than a network. We like to view it here as a community, and we could not do these live broadcasts without you. We are people powered, we are democracy fueled, and it's all because of you. So if you're able to annoy no worries at all if you can't. Consider joining us right now at patreon.com slash touch. That's patreo ncom com slash We always have the great content here for you. That's never going to go away, but we do some fun bonus content, some extra podcasts, some Q&A's. we got some exclusive merch. You could have your name at the end of these live broadcasts as a producer, an honorary producer of the Midas Touch podcast. So go check out patreon.com slash Midas. Touch. Become a member today. It's a huge help to growing this pro-democracy media network and community. And also, while you're checking stuff out, go to store.midustouch.com. We got some great gear right now in the Midas Touch store, and we got some incredible discounted packages for the holidays. But I'm going to let you know, December 13th, that's Tuesday. If you're listening to this on audio, that's today, December 13th. It's just about the last day where we can guarantee that you will get your gifts in time for Christmas. So make sure to get your gear right now at store.midustouch.com. We have the Make Attorneys Get Attorneys gear. We got the Convict 45. We got the November commemorative gear and so much more. The uh, Democracy Prevails, one of the new designs that I really love. Check that out at store. MidasTouch.com. Now, let's talk about these text messages there, uh, Brad. And- I don't know
0: if you saw this today, though. Do you know that the show that I executive produced with Colin Kaepernick was just announced today? That's going to be on Hulu. On January 26th. I'm just getting the. Whoa! News.
1: Yeah, that Congratulations. Just, so, this that, this is actually breaking news. And this is one of the cool things about doing the live shows with you and being truly live, live that we could break news. Ben, you got to tell everyone about the show because it's so relevant to what's going on in the country right now. I know, it, just I, I'm, I'm not going so, so to. So,
0: Bakersfield is Kevin McCarthy's district. That's what we focus on in this three part docuseries on Hulu. It's called Killing County. And it focuses on a lot of the cases that I was involved in when I was a civil litigator. Um, Before I did Midas Touch, I was a civil rights lawyer. um, And I spent a lot of my time in the Bakersfield, Fresno area, working with families who lost loved ones to police brutality. And there was one case that I worked on, which opened the door to all of these other cases that I worked on. And not only that, but it brought national attention to Bakersfield and to the Kern County area in general. Um, And it was then determined as we were there that it had the most police shooting deaths per capita anywhere in the United States in uh, Kevin McCarthy's district. Um, And that they had like the highest homicide rate as well within Kevin McCarthy's district. And hey, and this Just, is
1: thematically too, right? What I was talking about. What does Kevin McCarthy? What did he say? Nonstop crime, 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 crime. Kevin his, his, McCarthy's killing district county.
0: You call it killing county. <laughs>
1: literally called killing county in this show. It is the murder capital of California.
0: Sorry. So, Brett, the the, the case that I had. So, in 2013, there were there was reported in Bakersfield that there were two suspects who were killed in a police shooting or a police shootout. Um, And one of the family members of one of the people who were shot came to me and they were like, Hey Ben, we know that there's no way that our son would just like shoot at the police. Like, you know, can, can you dig into this? And so what we found out because his girlfriend at the time had a phone app That was able to get his text messages because she thought that he was cheating on her. So she kind of installed this spyware on the phone, which in normal circumstances wouldn't be great. But here it was very helpful. It turned out that he was talking to the police the night that he was shot and killed. And then it turned out that he was a police informant and that he was actually working with the Bakersfield police department. And then it turned out that the Bakersfield police department, they were keeping confidential informants off the books because they were using confidential informants to sell drugs into the community. And And some of the Bakersfield police officers were the top drug dealers in all of Kern County and they were running a drug cartel in Kern County itself. And so one of the people who we focus on the cop, the former cop who was then sentenced to five years, even though the DOJ asked for 15 years, the federal judge um, in Kern County was a former, was a retired cop as well and gave the cop only five years and not the mandatory minimum of 15 years of a sentence. Um, But it turns out that that cop, uh, well, one thing to mention about that cop too, which makes it go extra crazy, that cop was also who the Disney movie McFadden USA was based on. I mean, just a a crazy coincidence because Disney owns Hulu. That cop appears in the documentary and just admits to all of his wrongs in the in the doc that we like it is three parts it is incredible and and i didn't mean to take too much of our time on the no podcast. no no what, what, once
1: once we have a trailer released we got to play it for the Midas mighty on this show because no i think it's gonna be the, like
0: january 12th the trailer's crazy
1: january okay so in january we'll hopefully have the trailer we'll show it to you and and i i remember i'm so first off congrats i'm, I'm so happy for you and i remember how much time i mean before ben was uh the youtube guy you know <laughs> Uh, this was like the, the crux of a lot of what Ben was doing. These, these police shooting cases, Ben did a lot of work in, in Bakersfield then. And, and so this really is, you know, I, I bet it's just so you know rewarding for you f- so that the masses now could hear the truth and, and see what's actually, was actually going on there. Is it, Ben, is it a mini series? Is it a, is it a mini series? Is it we a it docuseries? Docu
0: series. And the way we tell it is kind of a, I hope I didn't, uh, I hope I didn't give too much of it, too much of it away there. No, no, my no, no. But, Spoiler I mean, it's, alert. It's, based a, it's based on a true story. But the but the way we tell it is in a kind of a true crime mystery kind of arc in three parts. But then it starts with the shooting that takes place in uh the four-point Sheraton. And then though it expands to tell the stories of all of the other families in Bakersfield in Kern County that I worked with. Um, And so it's really cool to have a show on Hulu. I executive produced it with Colin Kaepernick, um, the incredible Robe Embriano and the other people at Hulu. And I'm so excited to share that with the world and uh, to show you the executive producer side of, uh, of what I do.
1: That's huge, I and mean, nah, it's 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 so important. Also, I'm I'm so excited for folks to to see and learn, you know, and learn the truth of what's what's happening in that in that district and in that county. But anyway, uh, uh, this has been the longest lead up and tease ever to the 2319 <laughs> text remark meadows. So these text messages from meadows were obtained by Talking Points Memo, and most of these now are being made public for the first time right before, basically, we went live here. And what do the text messages show? Of course, they show piece by piece the plot to overturn the 2020 election. These texts were part of the trove of text messages and documents that Mark Meadows had turned over to the January 6th Select Committee. The log includes more than 450 messages with 34 Republican members of Congress with big leading role appearances by your favorite representatives. And that's sarcasm, not what you said, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Representatives Jim Jordan, Jody Heiss, Mo Brooks, Ted Cruz, they were all intimately involved in this plot to reverse Trump's defeat, to overturn the results of election of the election and to install Donald Trump as a dictator. Now let me show you some of these disturbing texts. So this is one that I had mentioned earlier. It's from Representative Ralph Norman from South Carolina. So and I want to be clear, he texted this one on this wasn't even done like the day after the election or even in December or even before January 6th this was a text message sent to mark meadows on january 17th 2021 just days before president biden's inauguration and here's what representative norman said he said mark as mark meadows in seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about the dominion lawsuits attempting to stop any meaningful investigation we are at a point of no return in saving our republic our all caps last hope is invoking martial law, once again, uh, misspelling martial law as the name Marshall and not as actually martial law. Then in all caps, please urge the president to do so, as in please urge the president to declare martial law. I mean, these people wanted to suspend at that time, suspend the constitution and have Trump bring in the military and make it so that Donald Trump would be appointed dictator of the United States of America. These are traitors. These are, these are treasonous text messages that we are seeing. This is sedition out in the open. Here's another one from, and I'm going to be honest, don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, Brian Babin or Brian Babin. He is um, a representative from Texas. He said, Mark, When we lose Trump, we lose our republic. Fight like hell and find a way. We're with you down here in Texas and refuse to live under a corrupt Marxist dictatorship. Liberty Babin. Now, I think it also shows you that like a lot of these people really are just incredibly deranged people. Like if these are their private text messages, and they're also as anti-American as you get. When we lose Trump, we lose our Republic. That's a fundamentally anti-American standard.
0: And it's like the st- most disgusting, when we lose Trump, when we lose like literally the most despicable con artist, criminal traitor in the world who sold out our nation and who's humiliated us, then we lose our republic. Like all these people are the biggest freaking losers in the world, in the world. They're losers and and, and they're just anti-American. Like they, Like you
1: just have to say it. And that's why, you know, like This is open fascism. This is open authoritarianism. And I love these gaslighters on the right. You know, when you say, you know, I am against the fascism of the far right of these
0: actions, and they go, "Could you even define fascism? What do you mean? What's the fascism? The the real fascism is Twitter. It's Twitter blocking Donald Trump. And you're like, what are you
1: like? What are you talking about? What are you even talking about? Let's start with the fact that a loser someone who lost the election and then proceeded to lose dozens of lawsuits, let's start with the fact that that guy tried to overturn the election, overthrow the United States government and elect himself or appoint himself rather dictator of the United States. How about we start there with the fascism and then we can work our way through all the other definitions of fascism. But if you can't acknowledge that, then there is no hope for you I am sorry. No, Brett. That's fascism
0: why- is when Twitter in October of twenty twenty doesn't want to post Hunter Biden's genitals ah, because ah, okay. it's revenge. Yeah. That's fascism, man. Fascism is when Twitter wants to ban a fake doctor who pretends to be a like actual like medical oh, we'll professional. What do you say?
1: I said, Oh, we'll get to him. We'll right. get to all that. Yeah.
0: Exactly, that's fascism, man. When Twitter bans people from spreading COVID disinformation to kill people, that's fascism, man. Because come on, what's COVID? It's not like one point one million people died. It's like what you, these Brett. I can't even wrap my head. That's around. why
1: I really, I really, I really, I really hate how the corporate media tries to frame the current situations in america between republicans and democrats as if they are just two political parties the party calling for coups the party calling to overthrow the 2020 election while it's 2022 the party who refuses to accept the election results the party who is endlessly spreading dangerous disinformation, who doesn't accept the way people live, who doesn't even accept people's existence in this country. It's unfair to even refer to them as a normal political party in this country. You have to view them through the lens of an extremist movement. And are is the Democratic Party perfect? No, absolutely not. Do I disagree with them on things? Sure, I disagree with them on many things. But out of the two major political parties that we have in this country, we have one party who actually agrees with the idea of America. And we have one that completely and utterly rejects it. And within the Democratic Party, we got range, man. We got range. We got AOC and we got Joe Manchin. We got range. That's why this Kirsten Cinema thing, which we'll get to in a little bit, is so absurdly ridiculous. And that's why I think she is a very bad actor in all of this and that there's more beneath the surface. There. She's like a Tulsi Gabbard. like a Tulsi Gabbard. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that, if you guys listen to American Psyop, our our true crime podcast, a lot of the the, Tulsi Gabbard does get mentioned in American Psyop. And a lot of what we heard about Tulsi Gabbard's kind of journey into this far right extremist ecosystem, it kind of rings true in a lot of ways with what we're seeing right now with Kirsten. Cinema and more on her shortly. But Ben, you want to talk some Jack Smith? I know all the people here are really here to hear what's going on with Jack Smith today. What happened with Jack Smith and Georgia and Trump? I hear we're raining subpoenas. That's what's it's on raining the weather subpoenas.
0: forecast. Hallelujah! Is rain raining subpoenas? Amen. I like it. Ben's
1: sick and he's just like a loop. He's just. Off the rocker tonight. All right, let's. What, what's
0: what's what's going on? More subpoenas from Special Counsel Jack Smith's office. There's the photo of Jack Smith. We always like to put the photo photo of him up there. I always love to put the photo of Jack Smith right next to uh, Trump. Also, but this time he subpoenaed. Uh, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to sit before the criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C. that's investigating Trump's crimes for election interference in 2020. And the question is, is, you know, why would you have Brad Raffensperger in right now? I mean, look, obviously Brad Raffensperger received the phone call from Trump and obviously find me the votes and obviously Brad Raffensperger is very much aware of and was directly threatened by Trump and was aware of all the election interference in Georgia but you but what I mean by why would he be there he's a friendly witness you know it's not like they needed to like even kind of force him to show up because Brad Raffensperger would likely want to show up and testify and so ultimately bringing Brad Raffensperger in and it being kind of announced that Raffensperger in to me is signaling something. And what we've seen over the past week or two weeks with the subpoenas that Jack Smith has sent, and he sent others to Arizona's secretary of state, Michigan secretary of state, and then he sends them to like Maricopa County and other boards of supervisors in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Um, And now focusing on Georgia, what it tells me, Jack Smith is very focused as well on Trump's election interference crimes in general as well, his threats and intimidation at these state officials as well as crimes. I think Jack Smith has locked up the January 6th day of crimes. like He's got those ready to go. And I think now he's focusing on the fraudulent electors um, where state legislatures, MAGA extremists in the legislatures submitted their names instead of the actual electors. By the way, going back to an earlier point in the podcast, that is why the MAGA Republicans want to have this independent state legislature theory because they just want state legislatures eventually to basically go yeah, you know what? The, the the people voted this, but we're going to use our slate. And and you can't challenge it. Granted, the case that I was talking about, Moore versus Harper, just involved gerrymandering. So you kind of get these right wingers and even corporate media, which kind of gaslights you and goes, oh, but, but Moore versus Harper, that case really isn't about like fake elector slates. It's about gerrymandering. It's like, Okay, for now, but the whole precedent they're trying to create is that the independent state legislature can do exactly what the fraud electors tried to unlawfully do in the 2020 election. That's why that's being championed by MAGA extremists. But anyway, that's why Jack Smith is focused on Brad Raffensperger. He wants to lock up that testimony because Trump's call to Raffensperger is criminal. Um, And, and that's why Jack Smith's focused on, you know, Trump threatening these board of supervisors, like the Maricopa County board of supervisors and and the board of supervisors and similar kind of election bodies in other States. And Brett, it was like, you remember, I mean, we forget because so much news happens like this July, the speaker of the Wisconsin assembly Voss or whatever the Robin Robin Voss. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I received a just a reporter asked them just by chance, hey, when was the last time you spoke with Trump? He's like, oh, and last while, week. Like, yeah, last <laughs> week. Oh, and the reporter's like, well, what did he say to you? Well, you know, he told me to uh, set aside the results of the election. And the reporter's like, the 2020 election? It's like, yeah. And, and what'd you tell him? Well, I told him that I, I understand your perspective. However, um, I think that we have a fundamental disagreement on that. And I don't think there's anything I could do at this point. I mean, they're just so cowardly and weak, you know, they can't just even stand up to them and go, that's a crime. You insane. Shut the F up. Don't you dare freaking call me and say these things. Like, that's why I say Republicans have no standards, like the lowest of the low and no standards. They could be defiled and they'll be like, Well, you know, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. I I take it
1: in the even more and say that the worse they are, the worse human beings they are. That's like their initiation ritual into being proud Republicans. And in order to have standing in that party, you cannot just have low standards. You need to have like negative standards and you need to embrace your disgusting and despicable behavior because you may be hated on it by people on Twitter or by the news media, but they will love you for it. And by the way, make all the predictions you want about things, spread all the disinformation you want. In fact, the more inaccurate you are, are, the more wrong you are, the better. COVID say everything wrong we'll pretend you're right. Why not? We'll pretend you're right. Climate change say everything inaccurate, just make up stuff, okay? It's not real blah blah. We'll pretend you're right. It's okay. We'll make our own reality. And that's what we're seeing right now across the country and that's kind of the thing that also ties to Elon Musk uh, who we'll get to shortly. I want to oh, hit Brad, on here.
0: first because it's it's on the same it's on the same line of reasoning or lack thereof can you play this clip of ronna mcdaniel where she's asked if trump bears any responsibility for republican losses like if, you know she's running again for rnc chair here play this clip
1: and this is on fox would you publicly say that donald trump bears
3: any responsibility for some of the losses in the midterm elections. Would you say that publicly?
4: I don't like this. I don't like these parceling out because he supported Ted Budd, who won, and he supported J.D. Vance, who won. I think there's a lot of things. That's why I've put together an after-action report. We've got to look at Dobbs. But here's the one thing that I think People should be talking about the amount of ticket splitting, the amount of Republicans that went out and voted for a Republican at the top of the ticket. Look at Arizona, the top vote getter is a Republican. Look at uh, Georgia, we had eight of nine statewide races won by Republicans. But why are Republicans going and voting for one Republican and not the other? Trump, we have to work hard to bring is, those is, independents. that in. the answer to but your, That means you was not question, the, the
3: answer is Trump, isn't it?
4: I'm saying I'm not into the blame game right now. I think we've got to do an analysis. I think it's too quick. And I think you can't parcel out, will this endorsement help this one and this? It's the whole message. It's what did each candidate do? What was their turnout? But most importantly, why, how do we get independents to re- support Republicans? And how do we get Republicans to support other Republicans? And this infighting within our party is never going to help that. We need Trump voters. We need McCain voters. We need Romney voters. And then some if we're going to beat the Democrats.
1: Okay. So I also want to just say quickly, first, she's the worst. She's the worst. And I, I, I hope that, you know, whether it's her or the pillow man running the RNC, whatever it is, great. Yeah, you're, you're the worst. You're horrible at your job. You're terrible at what you do. You're a coward. You literally changed your last name, which was Romney literally changed your last name to suck up to Donald Trump. I mean, how despicable and cowardly does it get? But even just parsing her own comments, she can't even BS well. I mean, she goes, she makes the comment in the beginning. She goes, look at Arizona. The top vote getter is a Republican. That Republican who she's talking about, it was the state treasurer, Kimberly Yee, who had dropped out of the gubernatorial race because Trump endorsed Carrie Lake and not her. That wasn't a Trump endorsed candidate. That was just a generic Republican. It goes against her entire thesis that she's trying to work up there. These people are just – they're such frauds. They're such phonies. They're such liars. And when confronted, they never have an answer. They just want to say, "I don't like that very much. I don't like that question." I, I bet she was shocked that Fox was coming her, to her with it was that. Fox
0: Business and that guy's actually—I've seen him on some other interviews—and he's asked some good questions. He, he's not a fan of Trump. That guy, and I think because he's Fox Business, he's able to. Uh, to also,
1: to- I think they're trying to work it a little bit. Like you know, they always do things with an agenda at Fox. I don't think they want. Rana running it anymore. So I think they're trying to highlight other people and try to s- slowly push Rana out while still maintaining kind of a, you know, some sort of uh, friendship with her in case that she does remain the RNC chair. Sh- sh- should we hit cinema just quickly? I mean, yeah, no, no, on, hit we hit her. I, she, she's switching to independent. I mean, she <laughs> announced that she's leaving the Democratic Party. And I was going to give
0: her attention, right? Because that's I mean, all also- Right. All
1: she wants attention. Yeah. And like, does it was anybody surprised by it? It's obviously a strategic decision because she was going to be primaried in 2024 in the Democratic primary. She would likely lose that Democratic primary. So this might be her way of also trying to kind of beat the Democrats to the punch there and say, Hey, I'm an independent and I'm gonna hold all these voters hostage. So run somebody else at your own peril against me, Democrats, because I will split the vote. But I honestly think this is a huge miscalculation by miss cinema here because I think she overestimates vastly overestimates the amount that people actually like her because look at this photo no <laughs> no no comment if you're looking at the photo I'm gonna get myself in trouble um but Kristin, kirsten cinema is wildly 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 unpopular. Because of her, and here's the famous thumbs down photo of her on the Senate floor, because of cinema, we have no higher minimum wage, no extended child tax credits, and no expansions of voting rights. And the thing that is so baffling about all this also is that Democrats are doing really well in Arizona overall. Mark Kelly just got reelected. He is crushing it. We got a Democratic Secretary of State elected. We have a Democratic governor elected there. So it's no surprise that the Arizona Democratic Party chair told her, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And Representative Ruben Gallego, who has been eyeing to primary cinema, Um, you know, she, he made a statement saying cinema is putting her own interests ahead of getting things done for Arizonans. And it would be one thing if you were like, you know, if you were honestly, genuinely an independent, you didn't believe in parties, whatever it is. First off, I don't think it's the time for that. Right now, if you are in that situation where you're a United States senator. But all of her policies that I went through before about minimum wage, child tax credits, voting rights, and a variety of other issues, these are things that independents overwhelmingly care about and are passionate about. And you have here, I'll read it. She has an 18% favorable rating in Arizona. 18% favorable rating in Arizona. Her approval rating amongst Democrats is 5% to 82% unfavorables. But he'd say, oh, there must be a ton of independents out there, though, who are eager to give cinema a shot, who love Kirsten cinema. Among independents, her favorables are tied with her favorables with Republicans at 25%. Independents have her at a 56% unfavorable rating, while Republicans have her at a 45% unfavorable rating. Rating. So I don't really understand the strategy other than kind of saving her own ass here and trying to set herself up for a position that's almost beyond politics in the case that she loses. I mean, she is somebody who has bowed to corporate interests while pretending to be somebody who cared about regular people. And she, in speeches, I wish I had the clip right now, but you could check our, our Instagram for it. We have a clip of Kirsten Cinema from, I think it was 2013, speaking about Joe Lieberman with such disdain, who was somebody also who went from a Democrat to an independent, um, saying you know, it, it, she could have been speaking about herself, the things that she was talking about Lieberman here. Now, Cinema says that she will not caucus the Republican. She suggested that she intends to vote the same way that she has over the past four years in the Senate. Nothing will change about my values or behavior, she said. This moment, I'm not going to play the clip, but Jake Tapper asked her, is the power of the Senate still going to be 51 to 49? And Cinema's response was, I know you have to answer that, ask that question, Jake, but that's kind of a DC thing to worry about, which to me is one of the most obnoxious responses that you could possibly give. Because it's really a slap in the face to voters. First of all, this is a slap in the face to the voters, the activists, the people who made phone calls for you, the people who knocked on doors for you. You all just like spit completely in their face. Then to say that the average American doesn't care about the makeup of the Senate, it's like how elitist. Can you be? And how much do you look down on regular Americans that you don't think that they could handle how important it is for the Senate and the makeup of the Senate and how it affects their lives? To me, that right there is also just utterly disqualifying. Ben, do you have anything to add on cinema? Because I'm I'm just about done with her.
0: Well, I think and I always thought there's a big difference between Mansion and cinema, although they get lumped together. You know, Mansion is a Democrat in West Virginia where I believe their state legislature is like 92% Republican or something like that. And where Democrats really don't get elected in West Virginia. Um, it, we highlighted in one of our videos recently too, like what went down in uh, the West Virginia Senate recently. I mean, it's just horrific things that go on there that you, you had a prosecutor who was saying to remove uh, this exemption that allows husbands to, sexually assault their wives like they have a a, a statute that says uh that you exempts know, ma- marriage and you had all of the republicans basically yelling at the prosecutor and saying well why would we do that the exemption makes sense and go back and watch that video i mean it's 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 completely horrific but you know the the question on a mansion is would you rather there be you know mansions voted for all of the democratic Appoint yeah, judges. Um, so would you rather that seat be a Republican seat or would you rather deal with a Democrat in a Republican state and just kind of deal with it? And, and you know, you're never going to agree with the Manchin on, on 95% of the issues, but on judges, it's so critical, you know, that you have Manchin's vote and he's voted again for all of Biden's uh, nominees to to date. Cinema, on the other hand, in Arizona, is, is she advertised herself and won the race as the exact opposite person that she's become, uh, and she's become a, a, a shell for corporations, and she's been the one who fights for the exemption for the hedge fund in this bill. Like that's her role is to do the bidding of corporate interest, which is the exact opposite of what she ran as. And there's videos of her from, you know, not too long ago where she criticized, you know, Lieberman for being an independent and that she, you know, and how dare you switch parties. And so she's, she, Mansions always been Mansion Like he's never, I don't think he's advertised himself as, Hey, this is who I am. And then he acted very differently. That's a good point. She is just a liar and a fraud and and a con artist in a state, too, that wants people like their Democratic leadership now. So that's the part to me that I so agree
1: with you. She has no she has no excuse. Like Manchin at least has an excuse. And Manchin has been at least to his credit, straight with the American people. And and honestly, some people might get mad at me for this, but you got to give Manchin a little bit of credit for his political prowess that he's able to get elected as a Democrat in a plus 30, plus 40 Trump state in West Virginia. I mean, that does take a lot of maneuvering to do. And I think it You know, is, I'm not a Manchin fan by any means, but I think it's important that we keep as many seats as we can in the Senate to improve, to continue to get these judgeships in and, and, and get all these appointments that we need. Speaking of uh, very uh, people who want attention, attention seekers, uh, okay, shall be close. Kind On of a transition, there. <laughs> Speaking of attention seekers, Elon Musk, who has now become the main character of his little Twitterverse that he has taken over, um, just has be- become incredibly despicable. I don't know, Ben, did you see that New York Times headline from a few weeks ago that was like. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically like, Elon Musk has a lot of controversial opinions, but where he stands on the political spectrum is still to be determined. And not uh, – first off, it was already obvious before that. He only interacts with right-wing provocateurs and really horrific people on the right, like the worst, not just like uh, Republicans, but like the worst people on on the planet, but not 24 hours later, does he go on a deranged attack against Dr. Fauci with an also simultaneously transphobic tweet? Like he he works and in Brett, all the hate. he's been
0: it's doing like, this now. You know, it just is escalating. Like he, it, each day, it feels like, what can I do worse than the next yeah. day with him? Because this has been ongoing. And honestly, I, I was telling someone I was talking with today, I was like, you know what, the feeling reminds me of on Twitter when i used to wake up to those trump tweets and it would say the most like and it would just be like oh why why you know and and it and it's and it's sad and it's upsetting to me that someone with a platform and with power uses it to spread disinformation and hate who knows better than what they're doing who does it intentionally and maliciously to just harm people.
1: He, he's just disgusting. And and don't worry, because this uh, story, will wrap it up with a happy ending. Spoiler alert, he gets booed in front of a crowd of thousands of people while trying to be cool at a Chappelle show. But uh, sorry for the spoiler, but uh, you all knew what happened today. But this horrific, disgusting tweet that he thought is funny, telling the same joke. Apparently, the the right-wing people, they have one joke, and it's about pronouns. And he says, my pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. Then, in a follow-up tweet, as if that was not disgusting enough, he accused Dr. Anthony Fauci of killing, quote, millions of people. And then former NASA astronaut Scott Kelly tried to reason with him in like a very honest, very not combative at all um, discussion. And he said, you know, at Leon Musk, he said, you know, members of the LGBT community, these are real people with real feelings and you shouldn't be harming them. To which Musk replied regarding, these are real people with real feelings. I want to specify that. Musk said, I strongly disagree which is just absolutely abhorrent in and of itself. And then he went on this whole rant that they're, quote, this is an exact quote, forcing their pronouns upon people when they didn't ask. Oh, woe is me. How horrific. Like nobody is doing that. The only people who think about this stuff nonstop are these deranged Republicans who traffic in this. The only people who speak about drag queens all day, the only people who talk about pronouns all day, the only people that talk about pedophiles all day and child porn all day are these Republicans. Once again, as the theme of this episode goes, everything that they themselves want to hide under the rug, they come out in strong disagreement of. Because if you look at their actions, all of their actions always take on the opposite nature of what they are trying to say are the problems out there. We'll get to that in a bit, but Musk has recently, he keeps using this term, which I don't know how you use this term Unironically, I said it to you in the beginning of the episode, but he keeps going, we got to fight the woke mind virus. It's up to the fate of civilization for us to destroy the woke mind virus. We're saving civilization itself. Like, what a God complex and how much power do you really think Twitter has? And you think that by enabling and bringing on these racists and white supremacists and just all around disgusting people that you are saving Civilization. He's gone on these disgusting tirades against Yoel Roth, who was the global head of trust and safety at Twitter. He's made this guy who was one of the only people who kind of stayed back of the executives to help Elon Musk adapt to Twitter, get used to it. And he actually praised Yoel shortly after taking over the company. This guy, Yoel, has had to now flee his home due to an escalation of threats resulting from Elon Musk's campaign of hate against them. And I say campaign of hate because He's not just saying that I disagree with the decisions that the former head of trust and safety at Twitter, Yoel Roth, made and the job that he made in working with the other executives. He is accusing Yoel Roth of basically being a pedophile, a child predator, someone who enabled the exploitation of children online, just absolutely abhorrent, disgusting, hateful Things And it's what all these people on the side do. They are so tough behind the computer. They sick their goons on somebody in a very stochastic terrorism way. They know what's going to happen when they target that person. That person inevitably, either in the case of like a Paul Pelosi, gets physically harmed. In some cases, people get killed. In many cases, people have to flee their homes and hide and get security. And that's exactly what happened here. And for all the bluster and talk about oh, we're actually, the hate speech is down. He never reveals the actual data. He never says anything. All the independent research and reports show definitively that things like hate speech and violent threats and child sex exploitation on Twitter have increased exponentially since Musk has taken over, but because he says actually it's down, Just, trust me, trust me, it's down, it's down. Just because he says that, all of his goons go, oh look, he's doing it. He got rid of it, and it's a very, it's it's all kind of a, this QAnon thing where they accuse all of their opponents, all of their enemies, if you will, as being pedophiles. That's number one, and then they have Elon Musk as the savior. This is what they did with Trump with QAnon. He is the savior who is getting rid of all those. People. Once again, that's anyone they disagree with who they label that. And that's what they do. Elon Musk has become like this new Q figure. Ironically, the guy who is literally trying to implant computer chips inside the brains of humans. Remember that conspiracy theory about the COVID vaccine? Elon Musk is literally trying to do that. The guy who was also in pictures with Ghislaine Maxwell, who had a relationship with her. This is the person once again who they chosen as their crusader against child sex exploitation. The guy who just disbanded the council that is focused on online safety and harassment, human and digital rights, suicide prevention and mental health, child sexual exploitation and dehumanization on Twitter. He just got rid of all of that. And then, like you said earlier, like The people he's also interacting with are like these fake experts. Like Musk, back in like March of 2020, he was tweeting out that COVID, I can't believe everyone's overreacting to this COVID thing. It's not real. It's going to go away. It's not real. It's going to be away. I see that we peaked. He said that when we had like 15 cases, it's peaked. We're going to go back to zero very soon. Who does that sound like, right? Um and now he has the nerve to threaten Dr. Fauci to threaten the guy who has led our country through these crises. It's a it's a very Trumpian disgusting thing. And who does he bring in as his experts? He brings in this guy, uh, this guy who he invited to Twitter HQ, Jay. Batacharya, charia might probably not how you say the name but you, yeah, get you shouldn't it. have
0: gone into that you should yeah, I, you, I should
1: you, not I should you not went in, but, you it. Have but in. I but I should or I should have just gotten with more confidence there no hesitation um to, but they, they brought him on to discuss the suppression of covid disinformation because this was a guy who was suspended from the platform i want to be clear about who this guy is who is spreading this covid disinfo and why he was banned from the platform this guy was first off. He was spreading saying COVID was fake, and you know the vaccines are bad for you, and all things like that. This guy, he's not even a real doctor. He didn't complete a residency after medical school. He's not board certified in any specialty. He is not a practicing physician. He has literally never treated a patient himself or under his own medical license. They bring in these people who they pretend to be experts in fields. But they're all people who either were not intelligent enough to actually get those roles and to be experts, or they have been so corrupt and bad at their jobs that they have actually been removed from the profession entirely and are not allowed to be on the board. And it reminds me of like Tom Fitton, another guy who he's the head of Judicial Watch, who Literally was a major part in Donald Trump's attempts to overturn the January 6th election. He's the one who told Trump, who gave the legal advice to ignore the results, claim victory, tell everybody to stop the count. That was Tom Fitton's legal advice. Once again, the only problem with Tom Fitton, a person who um, you know was brought up multiple times in the January 6th committee and a person who Elon Musk interacts with on a seemingly daily basis, oftentimes multiple times. He's the guy who wears the day. really
0: tight shirts.
1: He wears really tight shirts, yeah. And this guy, he's—he's he's not an attorney. He's—he's he's not even—he's not a lawyer. And he has a and group. What are they
0: called? Like judicial, judicial watch, judicial watch. Just some right wing front. So, and that's the group that just files these like BS lawsuits. Like what Trump talks about, he's like the socks case. You know when he talks about the socks case, that's like a Finton lawsuit that Finton lost this case. And he filed a lawsuit against the National Archives in 2012 to sue them, to force them to have Bill Clinton turn over his notes related to his autobiography from his presidency. And the court was like, no, who are you? Judicial Watch, go no away! What are you talking about? You don't have, you know, you don't have, what, you know, what do you want? Why are you bringing this lawsuit? But that's why Trump goes. The president set forth in the Socks case. It's like the Socks case. He lost the case. It says nothing that you say. It says like, what are you talking about? But that's vintage because then they rely on people because what they're trying to do, and this is the effort is just destroy truth right we talked about this is make the make this episode go full circle though we talk about what the real threats are to our democracy right there are literally right wing extremists who want to overthrow our democracy there was a literal insurrection where right wing extremists and terrorists Uh, stormed in and trespassed in to the Capitol to kill lawmakers and to obstruct and stop and block a free and fair election from being certified and to stop the peaceful transition of power. And what Republicans want to do now, what the modern Republican Party, what the extremists want to do is they want to basically be like, and, and this is where the media, the corporate media is just the worst because they buy into it where it's just like, there's just a lot of information. You know, there's the socks case and then there's Roe v. Wade, right? You know, and it's like, well, precedent shmeshident, like what really matters anymore? And so it's like, no, precedent is sacred. But when you talk about stuff like the Sox case, it corrodes the trust in the law that actually gives cover for then what happens in something like a Dobbs. And I'm not saying that's a direct correlation, but then what does precedent mean? What does precedent matter? If you could try to just destroy and equalize disinfo with truthful info and just make it all sound like a mess. That's what they are going for. And that's why we need to speak about the truth. And that's why I love this community so much.
1: And and that's why they're ultimately, I don't think there's a large part currently, at least with musk that actually wants or even needs this thing to be profitable i mean he has one of the loudest megaphones out there and he wants to use it to spread disinformation and to really try to erase the truth of what happened and that's why honestly i really don't like talking about the guy but at all and i think talking about twitter is kind of boring but i do view it as an essential part of the threats against our democracy. I do think it is—it's directly intertwined, and it, and it's so important to everything that we're going on. But anyway, let's uh, let's skip to the good part here. The good which part. Is,
0: let's show him getting booed, then the cringy part where he goes, "I'm rich, much." Oh my goodness! Yeah.
1: So this was a Dave Chappelle concert in San Francisco. um He brings out Elon Musk, and first off, I just want to say, like, if I were at a Dave Chappelle concert, if I were at any comedian's show. Why I don't even care if it's Elon Musk. Like, if he was like, ladies and gentlemen, I know you came here to see a comedy show, but Bill Gates. I feel like what is Bill Gates doing here? Like, why yeah. is he here?
0: I listen, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I, uh, tell jokes. What do you? I, I don't want to see Mark Zuckerberg yeah, or Bill really. Gates you know like (laughs) it was a weird one i mean this is you know Chappelle's Chappelle's a weird
1: dude chappelle is going in a a very bizarre problematic incredibly problematic direction i mean he's been there he's going way past the there now but here's elon musk getting booed let's enjoy it
4: (laughs)
2: <laughs> I
1: So Chappelle's reaction is to uh, make fun of his audience for sitting in the what do you say the cheap seats, and uh, that that was his reaction. And we played a minute and a half, two minutes of that. That goes on for ten minutes. It's it's I'm ten getting minutes. Shut down the team. show. And then they had to end the show. They, they literally, Chappelle was like, all right, that's it. I can't, I mean, we can't come back from this. And they had to end the show and they walked out. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, give me a break. Talk about stepping out of your bubble into the real world. And that's why, you know, these people are always so shocked. They live in these bubbles where you have the craziest of the crazy people reaffirming their beliefs, but then they get into society and people really, truly don't. Give a damn about it. And Elon's response today was one of the most pathetic responses I've ever seen. He he tweets out. Technically, it was 90% cheers and 10% booze, except during quiet periods. But still, that's a lot of booze, which is a first for me in real life. Parentheses frequent on Twitter. It's almost as if I've offended San Francisco's unhinged leftists. But nah. Once again, like everything to him, anyone who criticizes him, it's a bot. Anybody who criticized him at a Dave Chappelle show. I don't care that it's San Francisco. This is the Chappelle show. Unhinged leftists, unhinged, unhinged, leftist. unhinged the woke left. Like maybe for once, for once, have a little bit of self-reflection, re- just a little bit, and say why do these people hate me so much? Perhaps you will find the answer. But I understand that he can't. So that happens, and right before they kind of end the show, there's this bizarre moment where Elon Musk goes. He does a weird dance. And then he shouts what's supposed to be I'm rich, bitch, which is a Chappelle catchphrase at the end of his episodes from one of the sketches from The Chappelle Show. And it's just like the cringiest, most awkward moment. I I have secondhand embarrassment watching this clip. And if I just suffer through the secondhand embarrassment, you have to suffer through the secondhand embarrassment. So let, let me play this. like, what is that? I, I, I I'm like cringing. I'm cringing all over again just watching that. But anyway, that's what happens when the far right extremists meet the real world. They get booed, they get a dose of reality and we are here, I would say to bring you that dose of reality and to speak about the issues that people are caring about and to show you what the people on the other side are talking about, what is in their kind of mindset as they go on a daily, Basis. And hey, before we go, I do want to say if you enjoy our coverage, if you enjoy what we're doing here on the Midas Touch Network, and you know we're working 24 7, you got Ben taking a sick day right now to bring it to you. Uh, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Of course, no worries at all if you're unable to. We'll still have the same amazing content for you right here and on the podcast, everywhere you get our stuff. But we got some extra bonus stuff. You could become a producer of the Midas Touch podcast, which is pretty cool. We got exclusive merch. We do exclusive Q&As there. We do some fun other bonus content. It's it's a great growing and thriving community. I say this about our
0: Patreon, though, why it's so important. Because yeah. Because we don't have any outside investors in what we do. It's a rarely, it's a very rare and unique model. We're one hundred percent independent, um, and we're one hundred percent accountable to you. So whereas the large media networks are funded by the billionaire investors and the millionaire investors who want to push agendas, this whole thing operates because of you. Or it's not going to operate if, if if we're not accountable to you. And so we think that's a new model that we wanted to create and champion because the Midas Touch network is really more than that. It is a community, and you are all part of that community. And as Brett said, if you can help out um, and you want to join one of the memberships and become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P A T R E O N dot com slash Midas touch and Brett, you want to talk about some of the merch and and right? It's it's the last day to buy it before the holidays, too, huh?
1: Yeah, if you're listening to this on audio, it is literally like the last day that we could guarantee that you get the stuff in time for the holidays. Um. Time is running out, folks, so get it. And we got these great bundles, too, on the Midas Touch store. That's Good at abundance. store.midastouch.com. I love the holiday bundles. Um, They're discounted, and they have, like, you know, if you like one of the items, you'll like all the other items in the bundle. They're they're a lot of fun. But we got a lot of really fun stuff. We got our Democracy Prevails gear, which I'm absolutely loving. I've been seeing people rocking it around. Super cool. We got the I Read Band Books sweatshirt. We got the Maga Tears mug, and, you know, the best part of waking up is MAGA tears in my cup. You know those tears have been flowing. We got our version of a MAGA hat, the blue, make attorneys, get attorneys hat, convict or convict 45, depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this in the future, maybe it is convict 45, person, woman, man, camera, prison, November, row your vote, and oh, so much more. And also, folks, check out our true crime series, American PSYOP. It is a mind-bending, unbelievable true story about Wes Clark Jr., the son of the NATO general and former Democratic presidential candidate, Wesley Clark. This true crime series is absolutely going to blow your mind. I know everybody who I speak with who has listened to the series is absolutely hooked on that show. So check it all out. And just a huge thank you to all you out there for your support. Remember to share this podcast with a friend, go text this YouTube video to a friend, share it on your Facebook, tweet it out, put it on Mastodon, whatever you're using these days. Remember to subscribe subscribe on the podcast. Hit that subscribe button right now if you're on our YouTube channel. It's 100% free, helps us grow our channel and get the message out to more people. Make sure to subscribe to the Midas Touch Podcast on audio. Any podcast app, just search for Midas Touch Podcast, you will see it there. It's also in the description of this episode and from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for allowing us to do what we do here every single day dream come true absolute dream come true, such a joy. And I really view this so much more than a job or than a network, but as an amazing community that's give and take where we, everybody gets to kind of be involved in this at an intimate level. And I think we're doing something that nobody's really ever done before. So I am so grateful for that opportunity. Ben, any other final words before
0: we sign it on off? Shout out to the might is mighty. Ooh.
1: Our blue wall stopped the red wave and election deniers got denied election. That's why we're celebrating with the new Democracy Prevails team. We've got lots of work to do, but we should all be proud that when democracy was tested, democracy prevailed. You've earned this. Don't wait. Get yours right now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.